Father, we've, we've come, we've sung praise to you, we've heard from your word. Lord, there is so much that has happened already. And Lord, it's all been pointing to your son. Lord, I pray that all that's been, been done this morning, all that we've heard, all that we've sung, the prayers that have been said that, that it may sink deep within our hearts and souls and minds to shape us, to form us more and more into who you've created us to be. And I pray that the words which will be spoken now, Lord, may they be your words and not mine. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Who is worthy? How many of you have had times in your life where you just felt you haven't measured up? That you're not worthy for whatever reason? I see some hands. Some of you have never felt doubt or that you haven't measured up. I either envy you or I think you're not telling the complete truth. It's part of living. It's part of knowing yourself. To have feelings of not measuring up, of not being worthy. Because when we look deep inside our hearts and we look at our motives, we look at why we do things, oh, so often we see that it's not centered and not coming out of a good place. Often coming out of places of maybe jealousy or anger or greed or whatever. It's even harder when you feel you've let somebody you care about down. Because you feel like you've hurt them. And when you don't measure up to somebody you care about, I can really hurt. In Revelation 5, we're in the throne room of heaven and everybody's worshiping. We had looked at that last week. And even last Sunday afternoon, I was thinking back on, on our worship and I was going, it was an amazing time of worship and, and focusing on worship. And that carried me through, through a number of days. But, but then in the middle of this time of worship, John notices something. Because the Apostle John is, is in that throne room of heaven. And he's, he's part of this worship and he's experiencing it. And then he notices that there's a scroll in the right hand of the one who's sitting on the throne. And he realizes there is something really special about this scroll. Because there's writing on both sides and there are seven seals on this throne on this scroll. So this is a scroll that contains really important information, but it's also a scroll that can't be opened by just anybody. There is likely only one person who's going to be able to open that scroll. From the Old Testament, we get some clues as to what might be on this scroll. 
Psalm 139, you know, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. And then there's the prophet Ezekiel in the second chapter there. He's kind of taking a look at at some stuff. And and he hears God say say to him, Son of man, I'm sending you to the Israelites, to a rebellious nation that has rebelled against me. They and their ancestors have been in revolt against me to this very day. The people to whom I'm sending you are obstinate and stubborn. You must speak my words to them, whether they listen or fail to listen, for they are rebellious. But you, son of man, listen to what I say to you. Don't rebel like that rebellious people. Open your mouth and eat what I give you. And then I looked, and I saw a hand stretched out to me. And in it was a scroll which he unrolled before me. On both sides of it were written words of lament and mourning and woe. So we get a a glimpse here of what might be on this scroll. There's those days that are ordained for me. But there's also words that point ahead to to the reality that our future might not all be rose garden happiness and forever and ever joy and everything going right. And then John sees a mighty angel. And I just picture what, what's a mighty angel compared to other angels? But this mighty angel comes forward and cries out, who's worthy to break the seals and open the scroll? See, it's not going to be just anyone. It's going to take someone with power, someone with authority, someone with wisdom, someone with courage to open this scroll, to break those seals. Now, now remember from last week, there are so many powerful, powerful people and, 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 and persons and creatures in this throne room. There's those 24 elders who are kings and they got crowns and, and they were likely rulers from, 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 from earth and, and they have power and they have authority. And then there's some mighty angels. Well, these are the great angels. These are, are Michael and, and Gabriel and Raphael. These are the, the, the archangels. And then there's, well, then there's just all those angels. And they all have power. They all have authority. They, they, they carry God's message and God's words to, to us. So they, they have God's words spoken into them and into who they are. And, and then there's those creatures, those amazing creatures, those four creatures and they've been going around and over and through the earth and, and they have wisdom and they have power and they have authority. But none of them step up. Not a single one steps forward. And I was sitting in my study and I was thinking, wow, these are like amazing, amazing creatures. And they're all sitting there. And they're in the throne room of heaven. And they know the power they have. They know the authority they carry. They realize the wisdom that they have. And not one of them feels worthy to step up. And if they're not able to step up, 
Who is? Certainly not John. And how often are we in that same place where we feel we don't measure up to God? Where we feel we just mess up time and time again and we're just not worthy. Help me understand John's tears a little bit better. As he waits for someone to step forward, John writes, I wept. I wept and wept because no one was found worthy to open the scroll or to look inside. Imagine in the throne room of heaven tears. Tears because things aren't the way they're supposed to be. In the middle of the most amazing worship, John is weeping for the future of humanity. You see, he's on this rocky island of Patmos, banished there by by the Caesar because he follows Jesus. The church is under siege. There's persecution going on. Men and women are being tortured for following Jesus as their only Lord and Savior. The times are dark. There's fear and uncertainty in the church and and in the world. And there's that temptation to feel that way today. I'm amazed as I read different articles and, and I look at, at how some of our, even our faith leaders look at our world and they look at it with, with pessimism and with fear. And all they see is, is how the church is, is, is eroding and becoming smaller and, and weaker. And I think, why aren't you looking to Jesus? Why aren't you looking past North America and looking into how the world, the church around the world is growing like crazy? We're here, even, even in North America, where the church was, was almost shut out in a, in a province like Quebec, where the church is being revived and, and where there is growth again because people have discovered that they need hope. They need something more than philosophy and government. That those things just keep failing them. And how how the church is still strong. Even if the numbers seem to be getting less and less. And remember, you can use numbers to tell whatever story you want. 
And then as John's weeping, one of the elders comes up to John. I can just picture him coming up and putting his arm around John and saying, hey, don't weep. You know, take a good look. Do you see who's here? Do you see that there is hope? Look, the Lion of Judah, the the Root of David has triumphed. He's able to open the scroll and, and its seven seals. And, and John recognizes these titles from, from the Old Testament, from Jacob's blessing of, of Judah, where, where Judah is, is now going to be the line of, of blessing, the line of promise over against his brothers who had messed up so bad. Well, Judah messed up as well, so it's not because he's so worthy. But the line of Judah, strong, powerful, ruling And then the root of David. Now the greatest king in in Israel's history. A man after God's own heart. A man who messed up so often and yet kept getting down on his knees and saying, God, God, please, I'm not worthy. And then God kept picking him back up. You know, this, he is triumphed. He's able to open the scroll and it's seven seals. And John knows that this is pointing to the Messiah, to the one from the tree of Jesse and King David. That these are titles of hope and salvation. And John looks, and and I'm thinking John's looking to find this this powerful, powerful figure with a crown and and a scepter and a sword. and, And instead he sees a lamb looking like it's been slain. Standing in the center of the throne in the center of the throne room of heaven, surrounded by the four living creatures and by all those elders. And this is a lamb whose, whose life was given as a sacrifice for sin, a sacrificial lamb. A lamb who also has seven horns and and seven eyes, showing that this is no normal lamb, but but a lamb of power, a lamb of wisdom, echoing back to John's own words in his gospel when he calls Jesus the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This lamb is Jesus, Son of God, fully human, fully God, and he's worthy to take the scroll and to open it. We're reminded here that Christmas is not just about a baby in a manger. This baby grows up. It teaches us about God, our Father. Calls us to choose God over all other gods. Goes to the cross where where as God and man, he takes the sin of the world on himself to pay the punishment for our sin. And because Jesus has gone to the cross, because he's fully God and fully man, he's able to take that scroll and he's able to open it. And then Jesus goes and and he directs and leads history to his grand climax where heaven and earth come together again and and sin and Satan are completely defeated forever. If you want that sermon, come next week Sunday. Jesus is that promised Messiah. The one Israel has been waiting for for thousands of years. And he's worthy and he makes us worthy. 
to be children of God through his blood. He makes us worthy to be in that throne room of heaven. And the worship continues with a new song. You are worthy to take the scroll and to open the seals because you were slain and with your blood you purchased for God persons from every tribe and language and people and nation. You've made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God and they'll reign on earth. This is redemption language. This is... This is the church word, that, that word redemption that teaches us what Jesus has accomplished on the cross. That he's paid the price for our sins once and for all. You know, we get so worried and we should be concerned. You know, that, that some of us have, have such a heart, well, we all have a hard time with sin because even though we know we've been forgiven, even though we know what what Jesus has taught us and how he's taught us to live, and even though we have the scriptures and, and we have churches, we still keep messing up. And so often we keep messing up in the same way over and over and over again. And sometimes we get to a place where we say, I, I, I don't even know how to stop anymore. And then, and then Satan can use that to, to kind of get into our hearts and souls and minds and say, you're not worthy. You don't belong. You have no reason to call yourself a child of God. Because then he makes us feel like we got to do something. That it's up to us. But we're reminded here that it's not up to us. We can never do it on our own. And that's why we... Look to Jesus, the one who is worthy, the one who's worthy to take all our stuff, all our sin, all that dirt, all that pain, all that hurt, all that brokenness, and he can heal it, and he can make us whole, and he makes us worthy in God's eyes. Each one of you is a prince or a princess in the kingdom of heaven. Loved deeply by God our Father. Jesus' blood is for all those that God has chosen. The persons from every tribe and language and nation who are part of God's people. So many promises here being fulfilled. All the hope God's people have been hanging on to for thousands of years has come true. This is why Jesus is worthy to open the scroll. But we're saved for a purpose. We're called as God's children to be a kingdom and priest to serve God. Called to be a people whose loyalty is completely focused on Jesus. A people whose identity is found in Jesus. Shaped by Jesus so that people who are not yet followers of Jesus can see the hope and the peace that we have. We are the ones who are given the privilege to share and share and share so that the Holy Spirit can can ignite those seeds of faith that God's planted in each person that he's called. We're called to be priests. 
priests. It's a word Protestants aren't always so good with. But here's what Kelly Capic writes. First in our priestly role, all Christians are called to live sacrificially for others. We are the people of the cross. Jesus laid down his life for sinners in a desperate need of grace and love. And as imitators of the crucified Lord, we now offer ourselves to Christ through sacrificial acts of love done on behalf of our neighbors, even the neighbors who consider us their enemies. We can be truly honorable through our works of grace and mercy, hoping that these very people may one day glorify God on the day of visitation. That's from 1 Peter 2. We do not make atonement for others, but through our life, we point them to the Lamb of God who alone can bring reconciliation between a a holy God and sinful humanity. And second, we're faithful in our priestly role as we offer intercession on behalf of others. Paul makes a similar point when he urges Timothy to offer supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving for all people, for kings and all who are in high positions. See, part of living as a chosen people and as a holy nation is that we're set apart to be instruments of God's grace and reconciliation in this world. And this begins with prayers. We pray not just for those we love, not even just for God's people, but for the world, including dangerous emperors. How many of you are praying regularly for someone that you know who has not yet accepted the Lord? I would encourage each one of you Write down five names of people that you work with, that you live with, that that, that are in your neighborhood, at your school, at your job, wherever. Write down five people who have not yet accepted the Lord and pray for them. And pray for them every day. You see, what happens is, is prayer changes our hearts towards them. It makes makes us softer towards them, but it also gives us eyes to see opportunities to share Jesus with them. And I would encourage that at least one of those people that are on your list is someone you don't like, someone you can't stand. Because then you'll learn about reconciliation, how prayer can reconcile us with each other because God's reconciled us to each other as well. That's what it is to be a priest. And that brings us back to heaven's throne room, a place and a time of worship. Hear the angels praise. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. And to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. And remember, this is happening during a time of persecution, a time of fear, a time of uncertainty. And yet we're called to praise. We're called to worship. Next 15 chapters or so in Revelation are tough chapters. They're chapters about that great battle between the lamb and between the beast and between Satan. But it all culminates with the victory of the lamb. 
with the coming together once again of heaven and earth where God is with his people always. Worship gives us strength and hope so that we can look ahead even in dark times, even in uncertain times, even in fear to look ahead with hope and to be priests in the kingdom working towards the return of Jesus. And we look to Jesus because he is worthy to lead creation to its grand climax in his return. Amen. Father, worthy is your son. Worthy is the lamb.